idea of righteous anger is probably a myth. If you find that offensive, have we got a show for you? Let's talk with Brad Hansen on Steve Brown, etc. He's an old white guy, an author, broadcaster, and seminary professor who's sick of religion. And he's brought friends. Please welcome Steve Brown, etc. Hey, we're really glad you're here, and uh, you always have a place at our table. In case you're wondering, I'm Steve, the aforementioned old white guy. Matthew Porter is here, our executive producer. Matthew says he doesn't necessarily have to lose weight this year, provided he just grows another 14 inches. And our uh, one-man IT department, what did you say? I heard a comment, a smart comment on that. And I'm no, 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 never. This is marveling at the inside. You have one. <laughs> Our one-time IT department, John Myers, in his tech bunker. The only person in Key Life who works as hard as John is our video director. Wait. John's our video also director, John. too. <laughs> And Dr. George Bingham is the president of Key Life. George's leadership style is walk softly, carry a big cup of coffee. And Kathy Wyatt is the soft feminine side of the program. Kathy, I've noticed you haven't baked any cookies or cakes for us this month. Uh, Would you bring that under consideration? (laughs) No. <laughs> something we did, and we correct it, and we how, repent. How, how many do you need it? within a? How many do you need within a thirty-day period? Just occasionally, once every two or three days would be sufficient. <laughs> she's right. just she's dubious of Matthew's plan on growing fourteen inches. So yeah, there you go. Trying <laughs> to help out. <laughs> Brian Hansen is one of our favorite people. He's an author, a nationally syndicated radio host. And he's a podcaster of the Brandt and Sherry Oddcast. He uh, also works with Cure International. That's a worldwide network of hospitals that bring life-changing medical care and the good news of God's love to children with treatable conditions. Brandt's written a bunch of books, and all of them are good. He, for instance, has written the best book on self-righteousness that's ever been written. You can't write a book on self-righteousness without being self-righteous, and somehow Brent (laughs) pulled it off. But he's got another book. It's old and it's new, and I hold it in my nicotine-stained fingers. Unoffendable. He made up that word. How just one change can make all of life better. And just to make sure that you got it and you study it right, there is now a study guide that goes along with this book. This is actually a reprint of an earlier book that uh, Brent has written with a couple of extra chapters and the correction of the spelling. So get uh, <laughs> this book um, and the study guide too. Brent, thanks for being with us. I love it. And honestly, 
just just being totally gut level honest with you. Um, I struggle with confidence. I think like a lot of people, like when you're putting words out there, you're always kind of like, man, I hope this is true. And I hope it's a blessing to people. And when, when you have said encouraging things to me as somebody who's listened to you for a long time, that's just, that's a huge, that's been a huge help. So it's just, you're welcome. It's, Call me occasionally when you're down, I'll say it again. I, okay. Because, <laughs> Thank because you. it's true. Yeah. You know, I mean, isn't it's, it interesting how the people you would think that don't struggle with that sort of thing do? And you would be surprised how many do. And Brent is one that surprises me, you know, with all the kind comments that are made and the people that you've touched and the difference that you made. What are you, crazy or something? Isn't that funny? And it, I was just talking about this with Sherry, my uh, producer and friend, about it's like, man, like on this book, so it came out earlier, it's got five, or no, it's got like 3,000 five star reviews from people. And I still am like, man, I hope this is, I hope it's true and it's a blessing. I still, like, <laughs> I want to make sure, isn't it something? So it, it's us, it's not anything else but when i when i have somebody i respect say you know what you're on the right track that's just huge steve Steve, was it jerry bridges who was it that called you that time and said are you sure we're right (laughs) (laughs) jerry bridges it's jerry bridges that's what i thought he'd been writing on holiness for most of his life and then something happened to him and he really got grace and started writing on it and man, did they go after him. And he's a wow. sweet, was a sweet, gentle, kind man. And he wrote a pencil note to me along with some other things and said, Steve, are you sure we're right? <laughs> <laughs> I thought not Jerry Bridges was <laughs> uncertain about that sort of thing. You know, it's well, wild. If you don't, if you don't mind me telling you this, like I just did Good Morning America a few days ago. Uh-huh. Um, cool. On this topic. Yeah, it's really cool. And, and I never saw that opportunity come. And it was really wonderful. And they were great to me. And then I just did a Christian TV show yesterday. Uh-oh. And I had I had a bigger, t- I, I, I guess it won't be shocking. I know this is a safe place for this. Mm. I, have a, I had a harder time getting people to accept what Jesus was saying about forgiveness on the Christian show. Mm. Because they normally talk politics and stuff. So the idea that look, forgiveness is everything. We're supposed to forgive as we've been forgiven. This is, it rides on this. This is what, and they're very dubious about it. I'm like, I, this isn't me saying this. Like I I can be confident about his own words and like, but it's, it's very strange. We're so committed to not like to still holding on to anger. Yeah. And it's even Jesus words himself. I'm like, that's this, I can, I can say stuff and doubt myself, but on this one, like, I don't know what, to, I don't know what to tell you. This isn't even me saying, this is Jesus saying that. You know, there's that something amazing? that is morphed in the Christian psyche. Yes. That, that if you have convictions and if you're willing to stand, righteous indignation is not only appropriate. If you're a Christian, you're called to righteous indignation. And, uh, you know, I know where that comes from. I've been there, done that, and still visit on occasions. But at least I have a friend like you who, in the context of a one-hour program, will fix me. Uh, I don't have any other place to go but to Jesus. So if you don't do it, 
he's all I've got left. Yeah. Well, uh, how right. do you deal with criticism, by the way? Do you, does it get to you? I'm a lot better about it now because I've been practicing this and I, I do, I'm a big Dallas Willard guy and, and about practicing and, and mm. like, so each day I'm, I'm saying to myself, I need to be thankful for what God has done to forgive me. Like I have to believe that what I've done resulted in the cross. So I can't be sloughed off. And, and so for me to go into the day with that mentality of I'm going to forgive people in advance based on what God has done for me, that becomes a daily practice. And I think that changes you over time and you get to be a lot less easily threatened. So, mm. and that's where anger comes from is from threat, right? So sure. it's a, it's a fight or flight response and we're supposed to have it for 30 seconds to avoid an attack or something, but humans are capable of keeping that fight or flight response and harboring it for weeks, months, years, the rest of your life. Um, we're not made for that. So, but it's that, it's that daily practice that helps me deal with that. So now, you know, I'm out, I'm out there in public and people are going to make comments and misunderstand me. And I have to, I have to be like, well, that's going to happen. Even before I look at the comments, even before I, I read the email, before I open it, like, I'm going to forgive this person in advance because people are messed up and um, God's forgiven me. Yeah. That covers it for most part. Now you're not yeah. saying that Christians need to be weenies, are you? No, I am. That's what I'm saying. My next book is actually called Christians <laughs> need to be weenies. So, uh, <laughs> so that is, that is my thesis. I'm working on it. No, Welcome that, to my TED talk. That's, yeah. <laughs> you know, that, that's, that's the funny thing though, because I have to, I have to convince people. They think they have to harbor anger in order to do the right thing. Mm. And I'm saying, actually, anger throws off your judgment. Anger resides in the lap of a fool, not a wise man. Like, but we have made anger into this fruit of the spirit. It's not. It's in all the negative. It's not love, joy, peace, anger, goodness. That, like, it's not in there. But we've done that. So we actually think, and I've heard this from I don't know how many people. Well, if I'm not angry, I won't, I won't do anything about it. I need to be angry. Like, well, that's a problem. <laughs> <laughs> that's a problem. And it, there's nothing scripturally to back up that idea. And it, and also you do it, whatever you do with anger, you can do better without it. You can actually address injustice. You can actually stand up for what's right. You can, but you won't be clouded by anger towards people. You can do it from the heart of compassion where you want to protect the vulnerable, for instance. And it really is passion. You will still have passion to do it. It's just not anger. Anger will kill you. Yeah, I know. I mean, I've got a back problem, and I know where it comes from. <laughs> Unoffendable is the name of the book. Grant uh, Hanson is the author of it. We're going to talk about it, and we're going to ask the questions that I know you have on the back of your mind. Like, what about Jesus and his anger? Uh, can we be mad at Hitler? Um, can we be mad at Steve and turn off the radio or the computer? Uh, no, you really can't. <laughs> <laughs>Hi, this is Eric, producer of Steve Brown, etc. If you've been listening very long, you know I'm a struggling believer, and I'd love to share some things that have helped. 
At Key Life, we believe that the deepest message of the ministry of Jesus and the Bible is the radical grace of God for sinners and sufferers. And we have four mini books that'll help you believe that no matter what you've done or what you're going through, God's not mad at you. Feeling Guilty, Suffering, and Faith and Doubt by Steve Brown will help you apply healing biblical truth to where it hurts the most. And my mini book, The Gift of Addiction, How God Redeems Our Pain, shows that coming to the end of ourselves is actually the beginning of faith. These four mini books are in the Grace for Sinners and Sufferers mini book combo, and it's available at keylife.org for a suggested donation of $12. They're also individually available for a suggested donation of $4. Thanks for spending this hour with us. Uh, we're talking to author and radio host Brent Hansen about a new revised and expansion version of his book, Unoffendable. You can get details at that um, at undefendablebook.com. What about Jesus and his anger? I bet yeah. I bet that's the first question you're asked every time it comes up. Oh, it's amazing how that scripture of him and the money changers gets used for everything uh, to excuse our everybody thinks their own anger is righteous. So I mean let's let's establish that. Nobody's like, my righteous, my anger is totally off base. We always think our anger is righteous. My 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 thing that I'm trying to point out here is yeah, there is righteous anger in the Bible. God has it. <laughs> His anger is righteous. Mine isn't. Why? I'm a sinner. I'm full of cognitive biases. My my judgment can't be trusted. I can't be trusted with anger. You know what? God has vengeance, too, and he has a right to it. I'm not God. He's holy. He's not a sinner. He can be trusted with vengeance. He's trusted with final judgment. I'm not. There are certain things that are his, they're his alone to handle. I'm not supposed to handle it. That's why there's no... Nothing that people can find in the Bible where there's human righteous anger. In fact, James point blank says there's nothing about the the anger of man that produces the righteousness of God. It says that point blank. I'm quoting it. Um, but but yeah, but like 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 I've said, my friend Sherry says when it comes to uh, the chain money changers thing, she's like, honey, in that story, you're not Jesus. You're the money changer. Uh, uh. <laughs> But we all think we're Jesus in that store. All of us are clearing out the temple all the time because we're, we're just so righteous. Just like that. <laughs> uh, Brant, you have uh, and actually toward the end of the book, but um, you have a chapter called uh, The One Thing That Works. And um, I mean, being from East Tennessee, it's common knowledge that, you know, there are some people that just need killing. And, uh, you know, so how do you I mean, people like Hitler or terrorists or something like that. How do you do that? And and then what is that thing that I should do before I kill him? Well, you know, what's interesting. um, Two things about that. Number one, I'm not a pacifist, per se. Um, I, I have a lot of respect for some pacifist traditions. I get it. It's just not, I don't, I have my own convictions about that. Um, I think that you can do what needs to be done. Let's say you're a policeman or you're in the military or something. You can do it without anger. I certainly hope you can. 
I mean, why would we want the, the very people who are charged with with justice and making sure that people don't get to be serial killers or whatever, or they have to stop somebody like using force like we don't want them doing it out of anger. You can still do the right thing, not out of anger, where your your judgment's clouded. I mean, you're trained not to do it out of anger. If you're like a sniper or something, like what? it's a very strange thing where we think we have to get angry to be able to do this stuff. What I'm saying about the only thing that works, I, I and I mentioned this on, on Good Morning America the other day, and I want to tell you their reaction. I was just on there for a few minutes, but I mentioned like all the articles you can see, New York Times, Washington Post, or it doesn't matter. Like They talk about this epidemic of anger we have in our country. And people are like, how do I handle this? I don't know what to do with it. So we have rage rooms all over the place. You can, you can rent a baseball bat and they'll give you lamps and like computers to hit with a bat. It's like 60 bucks for an hour to smash Jeez. stuff. So but people think, okay, maybe this is healthy. I got to do something with my rage or else I got to let it out. I got to vent it. They'll mention all these things that you should do. They'll talk to psychologists. They'll say, well, take a walk, count to 10 take some deep breaths. They never mention forgiveness. It's the one thing that actually works. Jesus, in my opinion, is a mm. genius. He's the smartest man who ever lived in addition to all the other things he is, but like he's, he's giving us a ticket out of this and he's saying it's forgiveness. That means me letting go of my right to anger. And instead of living with that for the rest of my life, well, the response from the good morning America guy, one of the anchors, they were great by the way, but he's like, yeah, but forgiveness is so hard. Like, you're right. He's, he said it's the hardest thing there is. I said, but you're, it's not the hardest thing. The hardest thing is living a life of unforgiveness. Oof. That's the hardest thing. So Jesus is actually giving us a lighter load to carry. He's mm. giving us a way to live where we thrive. But if you're like, do I have to forgive this terrorist or this horrible? No, you don't have to. You can live with that the rest of your life if you want. You can take it all the way to the house, you know, you can be bitter, shriveled up, your anger coming out and all, all your pores, suffering the physical effects of it. You, can, you are free to do that. But I think Jesus way is actually better and will lead to a better life for you. But no, you don't have to do it. Mm-hmm. And it seems like part of this forgiveness thing is recalibrating our expectations of people somehow. Like I remember one time we had a black snake in our yard. It was somewhere where it shouldn't be. And I picked it up and it had bit me. It bit me. (laughs) This, this slithering bite machine bit me. And you're like, yes, this is what it does. It should be called a biter. And and yet, but did it forgive you before it bit you? Yeah. What in our experience is looking at other people going, they're they're probably going to make all the right decisions. Okay. So shouldn't Christians, so I'm saying that Christians should be the most unoffendable people on the planet precisely because of this insight. We under, we should have some inkling about human nature. I mean, there's two boys born Cain and Abel. One kills the other. I mean, the first drawings on the walls from human beings, whenever they were written, like hieroglyphics and stuff, the cave drawings, humans violently attacking each other. This is, this predates Marxism, capitalism, you know, nation states, whatever it predates agriculture. This is what humans do. Why are we so shocked all the time that somebody would cut us off in traffic? (laughs) 
again, you're going to be shocked again. You're going to be shocked again that your mom said that thing that she always says that your boss is like, at some point you have to turn back to Jesus. And there's actually scripture that says Jesus knew what they were thinking, talking about the disciples. They were thinking stupid stuff, but it says Jesus knew what they were thinking. No one had to tell Jesus what men were like. That's directly from the gospels. He, no one like, so shouldn't I know if I'm a Jesus person? Like, I know what people are like. Okay. Got it. Now let me love people because that's me too. Instead of being shocked all the time. Come on. We got to like, at some point we got to be aware and then love people. Hey guys, it's uh, really good that you would take time for this and it's worth it because you're learning stuff that you wouldn't know if you hadn't been a part of this program. We're hanging out with Brent Hansen. Uh, you can keep up with him at uh, com on Twitter, Instagram, at Brent Hansen. And just yeah. so you know, and I feel obligated to say this because I don't because I want to help this is really really good stuff but listen to me it doesn't work in Orlando traffic <laughs> we'll just remember that you'll be okay <laughs> guys like Jesus we're gonna be coming back From Key Life comes two mini books. What do you do for a living? And Life After Retirement. What Do You Do for a Living by Justin Holcomb addresses the problem of defining ourselves by what we do and how we perform in our work instead of by who we know. A gracious, loving God who defines who we are. Life After Retirement by Steve Brown examines how those transitioning from work to retirement often experience a loss of purpose in life and how the quest for personal significance can best be answered by God's radical grace, love, and purpose for our lives sufficient to carry us through this transition. What do you do for a living and life after retirement can help guide people struggling with either work or retirement. These two Key Life mini books are available through keylife.org for a donation of $6. that Brian Henson is with us, too. I started to say his new book, but it's not. It's a book that was written a number of years ago. And then he changed his mind and decided to reprint it. (laughs) Actually, there are a couple of new chapters in this, and uh, it's well worth getting. And also, there's a study guide that goes with it. It's called Unoffendable. Um, Grant, um, some of my, oh, this is true confession. Um, some of my worst anger, though, not all of it, but some of my worst anger is directed at myself, um, Mm -hmm. at my own sin. Um, Mm -hmm. how do we, um, I have a sneaking suspicion that if we are forgiven, 
and we are. And if God is not angry at us because of our sin, um, because Jesus has already taken care of it, then then there must be something not a hundred percent right about because um, mine can be really bad. I think you've answered your own question really well. I mean, I, I literally called somebody. No, it was during an interview I was doing when I was I, I do radio, so I was interviewing an old white guy years ago. And I, I asked him, I asked him, I was, I, was real, I was honestly wondering about this. And I asked, I asked him, what, uh, what do I do with guilt? And his response, I hope I got this right, because I've been telling everybody ever since then when I got this question. He said, well, you, you take it back to the, to the cross, but you, then that's all, that's all it's good for. It, it, it takes you back to the cross, but then you have to leave it there. It's over. Like, that's the only thing it's good for. Hmm. And, I, wow. and it's wonderful. It's wonderful for that. Like that's, so it's, it's a good, I thought that was a really good response and I can get down on myself too, but, but I have to just talk about myself. There's a self-centeredness that comes from wallowing in my own stuff. Yes. Instead of saying, well, why would my opinion of me trump God's opinion of me? That makes no sense at all. At some point, humility dictates that I have to accept his opinion over mine. And apparently he likes me. So, <laughs> go, you know, go figure. Hmm. Yeah. Brent, I want to oh. ask about the guys and anger, because there are times we, we can all agree holding on to anger and unforgiveness is unhealthy. But there's a certain high that you get from dosing on self-righteous anger and you could just mentally, you don't even have to have the music on. You've just got like the Metallica soundtrack and you're just like, yeah, Yeah. (laughs) what is that? Well, I think there is a thing where guys especially think that anger, there's a masculine, I have to get angry. Like the idea that I'm even saying that actually we're supposed to get, we're supposed to get rid of anger is like, sounds like that's not manly or something like let me tell you something. If you're married, for instance, you know this, your wife is not attracted to you as angry guy. <laughs> she doesn't find it masculine. What she does find masculine is when you can do the right thing and you're not angry, but you're cool and collected and you do the right thing. Anyway, you stand up for whatever and you do it with a cool head. Like she'll find that wildly attractive. So <laughs> the idea that storming around, that just, that makes everybody insecure around you. It, it makes your kids insecure. If you have kids, people around you, they don't actually respect it. And toddlers can get angry and stay angry for a long time. Like, but a, but a person who's not a person, again, we're getting angry a lot of times because of perceived threat. So somebody who's constantly being threatened is not a secure person. Mm. So I, I think security is what is attractive. And a, a man who is a man of action without anger is in, in, incredibly high demand. And, and, and differentiate if you if you would extract the idea of like there's initial emotions, there's initial reactions of like uh, an involuntary thing. I'm 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 fearful at this moment, or I'm angry, or or whatever. But yes. but then I'm not going to live there, even if it, even no. if that initial reaction is anger. Well, this is what I wrote about. It's uh, I was quoting Robert Sapolsky, who's a he's a primate neuroendocrinologist at Stanford, and he he's done TED talks. But he wrote a book called "Why Zebras Don't Get Ulcers," and it's so <laughs> genius because he's like the only 
creatures on this planet that get ulcers are human beings. And the reason is he's just, you know, he's an endocrine expert. He's a stress guy. But he's like, the reason is we get, we have this reaction to threat that's supposed to get you out of the situation. Like a zebra is pursued by a lion. All these physiological changes happen. Like your cortisol level, your adrenaline level, all this sort of your blood pressure, things start to shut down. Your reproductive system shuts down. You want to evacuate, you know, waste products quickly so you can run really fast. And it's over in 30 seconds. One way or the other, it's going to be over. So that's what it's for. But he's like, but humans are unique. And by the way, Sapolsky calls himself a militant atheist, which I think is interesting. Mm-hmm. He says humans are unique that we can take trouble that hasn't even happened yet. And imagine it from tomorrow, what might happen, and, and feel the sensation of threat or be constantly threatened and, and savor that. He said the, the effect is your body is destroyed. Mm-hmm. Like the, to harbor all of that stuff inside is horrible for your physiology. And he's like, the best thing you can do then, don't worry about tomorrow. It'll take care of itself. Just worry about today. I'm like, I've heard that somewhere before. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, the name of the book is Unoffendable. When we come back, uh, we're going to find out why in the world we should love and not be angry at Hitler. Uh, and uh, we'll have a balanced, wise, profound answer to that question. So don't leave. irritated when the electricity went out no television no music no netflix then he discovered that the battery on his smartphone was dead he decided to make some coffee but when he went to the kitchen he realized that without electricity he couldn't even do that then he noticed his wife in the kitchen and he sat down and talked to her he said later you know She seemed like a very nice lady. I know, I know, technology's good, but sometimes go talk to somebody face-to-face. You might be surprised how nice and real they are. It's messy sometimes, but Jesus would like it. I'm Steve Brown. You think about that. Share what you just heard with a friend. Go to youthinkaboutthat.com. We're talking with Brian Hansen, and uh, his book is Unoffendable. And uh, his point is that anger is not helpful, and it is very clear that uh, that uh, Bryant wasn't the one who said it. Jesus said it, and uh, he doesn't give you any wiggle room. But, Bryant, what about Hitler and a terrorist? Yeah. And- you know, it's so funny because I, I, I quote uh, Dietrich Bonhoeffer in the book, Unoffendable. He and Martin Luther King Jr. Uh, in one chapter about how to address injustice and Bonhoeffer was a guy who said, he, he agrees with me on this, or I agree with him or whatever. It's like, or hopefully we both agree with Jesus. But he says, Jesus doesn't make any distinction between righteous and unrighteous anger, which is what I'm saying too. Like for humans, 
Like we don't, we don't have that option, but Bonhoeffer saw what was going on and was part of the conspiracy to kill Hitler. It wasn't out of anger. It's like, you just do the right thing. Now, if I want to be angry at terrorists or I want to be angry at historical, you know, mass murderers from Alexander the Great to Hitler to whomever, more, more contemporary people, I can. I have that freedom. Why would I do that when it kills me? Hmm. Like it has, it has effects on my relationships for me to harbor anger. This is why I'm supposed to get rid of it. Like Paul says, get rid of it before the sun goes down. Repeatedly, we're told to get rid of it. So it happens to us that when we have it, we are to get rid of it because this is between me and God. This is not, it's not hurting Hitler if I gin myself up into, you know, realizing again how awful he was. We know that. He's, you know, reprehensible. I got it. But how does this, me living with this, and what I tell people too, it's like they'll, they'll tell me, well, are you saying we should just forgive everybody? You have to stay in a relationship with them. You know, no matter what they've done, I'm like, no, not at all. But if you don't forgive them, you are staying in relationship with them for the rest of your life. Hmm. They're having that effect on you and your mentality and your heart, that toxic, acidic presence, because you haven't forgiven. So I'm actually saying what Jesus is giving us here is a way to freedom and we will operate better. Hope that makes sense. Hmm. It does. Brent, most, um, to, get on a different train. Most uh, therapists in dealing with abuse, physical or sexual abuse, would see that one of the steps in moving to health is anger. Um, That if that person doesn't at some point express anger, they won't get well. Would you comment on that? Yeah, I'll, I'll comment on this as somebody who's not an expert in psychiatric field and doesn't pretend to be, but as somebody who's gone through a whole lot of trauma. Um, obviously, if you're in denial about what happened or why it was wrong, that's not healthy. So you won't be able to ever, ever get over it because you haven't gotten, you haven't realized what's going on. And again, when you do experience injustice, you can recognize that you will have a, a feeling of anger about. I think it's a natural, it's a natural response. It still isn't healthy to live there. Mm. The unforgiveness will kill you. So it's got to be a part of, of moving. I think it's, I, I just got a letter from somebody today who saw me on good morning America. She's like my husband of 42 years. I just found out he's cheating on me. I'm so hurt. I know I have to forgive. What do I do? I'm like, well, I haven't responded to her yet. I haven't had a chance. But just like, yeah, you should. I understand feeling that. The point of of following Jesus, though, is saying, but I also know I have to work towards this because of what God's done for me to let go of this 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 toxic thing that's going to kill me. Like that's that's for you to experience freedom. But I understand that feeling. You'd be crazy not to feel that way. So it's it's one of these things where it's like, yeah, it happens, but. It's like it's like the ring from Lord of the Rings. Like you've been mm-hmm. you've been handed this ring, you didn't ask for it. It's not fair, but you're going to have to drop it in the cracks of doom because yeah. it, it'll it'll kill you. So I think there's there's reason for compassion, but there's but I don't want to ever back off what Jesus is saying about how we thrive best, and that's by that's by mm-hmm. actually 
working towards forgiveness. And I know mm-hmm. people who have been through abuse who live in that anger the rest of their lives. Uh, it's a stepping stone, not a house where you live, and uh, maybe a necessary stepping stone too. Matthew? I wonder if you just talk, uh, Brant, about the book, the two new chapters you put in there and the study guide, like who is that for? And I know there's video content too. So what's, what's the new stuff that you've added into this thing? Well, yeah, we, they, they made a video curriculum out. So six sessions where I'm, I'm on video for like 18 minutes or whatever. And then you can, and they have questions that go to the study guide. People can talk in small groups and whatnot. This is always, always a great discussion with people because there's not a human being that doesn't relate to this at a deep level and it's like this primary problem that we humans have and it rarely and again i'll quote dallas willard he's like american christians aren't taught out of their anger mm-hmm. and like so this is this is me taking a shot at it explaining the beauty of this and how it works but i'm a, i'm actually not really good on video um for various reasons it always comes across like a hostage video when I'm when I'm trying to <laughs> talk to the camera. Is this a proof of life video? What's going on? <laughs> <laughs> so, exactly. Hold up the newspaper. Yeah. But it's, it's like, um, but so what they did is they put me. It was really genius. They put me in like a comedy environment, like a, a, a comedy club environment with actual humans gathered around these little tables and stuff. And so I felt much more myself. Hmm. Um, so that's what these videos are. And then uh, the, the couple chapters I'm in, that I added, one of them's about the reactions to the book when it originally came out. And some of the interviews I've done, again, a lot of them with Christians just going, this can't like just, they, it literally makes people angry. Um, so I've had the, it, it's some of the objections to it. So I've, 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 it's good for me to just kind of go through those and, and help people maybe see themselves in that some Hmm. in ourselves and we uh this hour's over that makes me angry (laughs) i mean we should should have had a lot more time than this uh you um you teach us and uh it's almost when i listen to you talk when i say but of course i just don't like it (laughs) because <laughs> uh, it's taken away a lot of tools in my toolbox. So thank you anyway for not backing off and being honest. I hope we can do this again. Brent, thanks for being with us. My pleasure. So fun. Guys, uh, this is not over. It's just over for Brent. Uh, we're going to come back. And uh, when we do... Uh, Catherine, who is in charge of guest relations, would tell us who will be with us next week. I have no idea who that is, but I do know that you will be astounded and pleased and will be forced even against your will to join us next week at the same time in the same place. And we strive for that. (laughs) This is hard work. We're going to have some cookies and milk, and then we're going to come back.
Hi, this is Eric, producer of Steve Brown, etc. If you've been listening very long, you know I'm a struggling believer, and I'd love to share some things that have helped. At Key Life, we believe that the deepest message of the ministry of Jesus and the Bible is the radical grace of God for sinners and sufferers. And we have four mini books that'll help you believe that no matter what you've done or what you're going through, God's not mad at you. Feeling Guilty, Suffering, and Faith and Doubt by Steve Brown will help you apply healing biblical truth to where it hurts the most. And my mini book, The Gift of Addiction, How God Redeems Our Pain, shows that coming to the end of ourselves is actually the beginning of faith. These four mini books are in the Grace for Sinners and Sufferers mini book combo, and it's available at keylife.org for a suggested donation of $12. They're also individually available for a suggested donation of four dollars. Hey, what a good hour. Brad Hansen is the real deal, by the way. And I don't always like what he says, uh, but uh, he uh, deals with my objections without anger. So he walks this thing in the same way that he talks it. He's a gentle, kind, and compassionate guy who does the right thing. What an interesting thought. You can do the right thing. You can kill those suckers. You can uh, join in a conspiracy to remove Adolf Hitler. You can stand against injustice, and you can do that without being angry. You can do it because they needed killing, as George said in Tennessee. <laughs> you just do the right thing because it's the right thing. You know, it, this is a struggle with me. I, uh, I have almost all of my life dealt with anger, and I have found out some of the reasons for it. The adult child part of it is there. My insecurities is there. I've often called it righteous and convictions. But the older I get, the more I realize I don't have to go there. I'm going to go there some. I probably am not going to kill somebody without at least a little bit of anger. It takes that to pull the trigger. But but uh, what an intriguing and wonderful thought. And it's kind of freeing. You know, I don't have to be that way. Well, I, I'm free. I mean, I can do the right thing and do it quietly, even powerfully. But I don't have to be angry to go there. Good word from Brandt. And you ought to get this book. Because if you disagreed with what I said, if you read the book, you won't. Unless you're an idiot and you make me <laughs> angry when you do that. <laughs> Kathy, who's going to be on next week? Unless you're an idiot. <laughs> what? Gosh. Okay. Next week, uh, Michael Kruger is going to be with us and his book is titled Bully Pulpit. And boy, is that interesting. And that's all I have to say. Speaking of abuse. Yeah. yeah. Speaking of abuse and weren't we? <laughs> yeah. Which doesn't give you an excuse if you're a preacher not to say anything. And certainly you're not called 
to be nice all the time. Sometimes they'll call you abusive, but do the right thing, and for heaven's sake, don't get angry. Hey, we're going to come back next week. Same time, same place. Hope you'll join us. Between now and then, don't do anything we wouldn't. And that gives you a wide, wide berth. Oh, good. 